Prayer is the most powerful thing we can do in our days, but all too often it gets drowned out by the noise around us. But what if the noise in our earbuds could help us tune out the noise of the world and instead tune in to our most important conversation? That's why we're here, to bring you inspiring conversations, practical how-tos, and guided prayers to help you pray like you never thought possible. I'm Valerie Warner, and this is Prayer in a Noisy World. Guys, welcome to the podcast. I am so excited to be talking to Nicole. I almost said Holland, Um, but Nicole Moses. um, And we are going to talk about something very different than we've done on the podcast before. So, so glad to have you, Nicole. Thanks for being here. Thanks so much. So, um, audience, I know I went to high school with Nicole, so this is fun to get to chat with her again. Um, But Nicole, tell us... as much as you can of what you do and where you are at. Yes, I um, I live in Sierra Leone, West Africa with my family. My husband's a doctor and I'm a occupational therapist. So we're living here with our kids and we're just trying to invite others to follow Jesus. So we're coming up on four years. Um, you know, our career and missions has looked a little different with COVID and things. And so we are getting to practice flexibility all the time and mm-hmm. learning lots of lessons about trusting God in everyday occurrences. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I didn't even think about that. I, I think I remember when you guys were headed there that there were, and, it, and this must've been before COVID, but um, just different delays and everything like that. So I can imagine just the flexibility required um, to go do something like that. Well, I know, um, even just hearing you guys talk about this, um, and I don't know how our listeners feel about this, but I'm always so amazed hearing missionaries talk about, um, what they do because so many of us at home feel like that sacrifice is so hard and so big. So we are, um, I don't know how to say, like, I'm just always impressed whenever I get to talk to missionaries cause it is, um, just so cool how you put the needs of what God's calling you to do first and without hesitation. So, yeah. Well, thank you. Um, I, I would say that any missionary, you know, in your life can use encouragement. And so just having people around us that follow Christ and are powerful people in prayer and really committed to that is super important to the work we do because, there are many days that we are just struggling to live our life and things are very unpredictable. And at times you just have to ask God for wisdom, like what to do next, Um, whether it's dealing with a local or financial decisions. And so anyone that's around us supporting us and just thinking of us, even if it's in the middle of the night can mean so much. I know Mm. We've had so many stories that they're just very tense and dark moments. And someone has told us later, like, I was praying for you in the night. And you never know, like, there's times even I think my body was protected and um, our the health of our family or the things going around our home were more safe because someone listened to the spirit and lifted up our family so yeah, it's really important. And I think everyone does have a role 
in going and being in, mission, uh, yeah. in missions. Yeah. That's so cool to think about because I have talked on the podcast before about how like I have tried to start making it a habit. Like if I wake up in the middle of the night, I'll ask the Lord who to pray for. And it's interesting like how this happened the other night and it was, I don't know how weird this will sound to people, but like I was dreaming basically that there were bombs being hit on us. And it made me think of um, people in war-torn countries right now who are literally having bombs dropped near them. And it was like, I need to be praying for those people. But it's interesting because when I think about the time zone thing, um, the middle of the night might be just a really interesting time that we get to pray for people on the other side of the world who are in the middle of their day going through something. So I just connected that a little bit (laughs) hearing you share all that. Um, Exactly. Yeah. But I do, I definitely want to dive in more and I don't know where you want to go first. If you want to talk about your own prayer routine or if you want to dive right into like praying for the global church, but um, wherever you want to go, we can start. Uh, you know, to hear. I think just talking about prayer routine, like, um, because one thing I want to just focus on is that um, we're very regular people, like missionaries are not these super spiritual beings, but we're just very regular Christians that are trusting God. And we said, we'll go. And um, it's not like our routines are super perfect either. And I don't think prayer has to be perfect, but we're trying and Mm -hmm. we say we're going to continue trying Um, no matter what comes in our routine or our schedule or the struggles we have, but I'm going to keep trying for this. Um, I think God can honor that and just help us have somewhat of consistency. So um, I'm a regular mom. I homeschool my four kids uh, here in West Africa because there's not any other school options. Um, and me and my husband do work at a local clinic. So things are very hectic and crazy, just like any home. And in the mornings, it can look very loud, even at six in the morning. And um, mm-hmm. like I try to make it to the couch, try to make it to my special chair and I hope, I pray that my kids can always remember in their childhood, like we woke up and mom was there. You know, it's not every single day, but they know my spot and they can see that um, I'm trying to live that example. And, um, you know, I'm I'm trying to read through the Bible my first time to complete it. And uh, I gave myself a year and a half. So I feel like I'm actually going to do it this time. But... (laughs) You know, a lot of mornings looks like just a quick reading and some quick prayers, like what God was showing me through his word that morning or whatever is going on in that in our next day. Like the um, the things that are important to me, I know are important to God. And so it looks very quick in the mornings. Um, but one thing I've used for a long time, and I'm so glad to come on the podcast because I'm not sure how many years back, but Valerie, you created like a monthly prayer sheet. And I think it was even before you made the prayer journals or it was like the same format. But um, for me, it was the perfect uh, format because I wasn't able to keep up with the prayer journal for whatever reason. But I had my one printout sheet and I've tried to pull one 
each month and I fill it out. And sometimes it's not like big, long prayers, but I'm going back and I'm making little check marks um, every time I pray for that piece again. And it's really cool at the end of the month to look and say, wow, that's a lot of check marks. And I love at the end of the year. Yeah, I've loved them. I have a huge stack of like 30 of them now. And I just want to encourage you to keep making all your (laughs) wonderful things because (laughs) it's really helped me and um, stay consistent. And I love the box that you have for answered prayers. So looking over a whole year and saying, look at all the prayers that got answered. uh, It has really been fruitful for me. So I still use that little one page monthly prayer sheet um, to be consistent. So yeah, that's awesome. And I never thought of putting the check marks next to it as like to show how many times you've prayed for that. But holy cow, like that would be just cool to see over a month, even if you had like kept a paper for longer than that, like to see how much you prayed for something is really cool. Uh, Mm -hmm. I'm going to have to gonna have to steal that idea. (laughs) Yeah. And and some months Um, you miss, you know, sometimes I'm writing, I'm writing November slash December because it's a blur, but it's just the, the small consistency that adds up um, mm -hmm. and makes it an important part of my life, you know? Yes. Yes, totally. Um, Okay. So I, whenever I was thinking about like things to talk about on the podcast. I knew one thing that I wanted to cover was praying for the global church because one of the hardest sections for people to fill out in our journals is the world and nation section. And it's Mm -hmm. because, you know, we don't know what to pray for that. And honestly, we can get stuck on thinking of things for ourselves, even thinking of things for, you know, our loved ones and people in our life. But it can be really hard to look beyond our four walls and see what else is going on. Um, but we we know it's important. So even whenever I was creating the journal, even though it wasn't a huge part of my own prayers, I knew it needed to be. So that's why we have it first. It is the first thing, or you know, the first prayer section to just say, like, we want to start here. We want to see how big God is and how big his plan is. Um and we want to start there. So I'm excited just to talk more about that today because I do think this is this is something that people struggle with. So if you're listening now and you're thinking, um, this isn't really something, you're either thinking, I totally struggle with this and I never know what to put in that section. Or you might even be thinking, I don't know if I even want to listen to this episode because this doesn't apply to me or, you know, prayers for myself. This is important stuff that I think um, I I. I think we can be challenged with this, um, especially living in the U S and just having, um, more comfortable lives than, you know, so many people around the world. So, um, Nicole, I'd love to just start off by asking why don't we naturally pray for the global church or global evangelism? And I know I've kind of shared some things, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah. Um, I probably do have a few thoughts. Uh, I kind of mentioned earlier, but really, I think one of the the misconceptions is that as far as reaching the world with the gospel, we think that that's a job for someone else. Like a, a missionary is uh, different than the regular person and they can go and do the work 
because God's left me in America to raise my family. But when you look through the Bible and see how important it is that all of us are involved in global evangelism, I think it can motivate you to say, you know, I don't feel like we're in a place to go and live across the world, but I can do something. So I think people, they feel frozen. Like I'm not able to move. So I guess I'll do nothing when really just being a committed prayer person is really something. And I think another thing is many of us don't know even people from other countries. Like we can live in a very sheltered space in America and we never meet a person who is coming from another country. And so we think people are so different than us. And really, once you meet someone, um, a refugee or just a foreigner, like you can relate to them and you see how we really are so similar. So the things that are common between us are things like we love people, we have families, we have worries. And when you can really just learn about a culture and a people, you can say, wow, the things I worry about, I worry about my kids. Uh, I worry about our jobs. You can relate that to someone around the world. Like They also worry about their kids. They also worry about their jobs. And I think it can bring it closer to home in that way. Um, so I really just challenge people to learn about what God's doing around the world. There's lots of resources. Um, we, before we came, took perspectives class, and there's uh, books and websites. One is Operation World, and it covers like every country and what the people are like and what they, sh- they struggle with, and Joshua Project as well. Like Teaching your kids about other cultures is super important, and um, I think that can be bringing them to mind so we can pray for those things because we may not understand what poverty is like to that level, but we can understand the basic concept of worry. And so we can lift up people around the world who feel different than us. Yeah, that I, I love that. And I, I love um, just a reminder, like, well, first of all, I actually, we, we talk about Operation World, like their website. Um in our groups, like yeah. when people are wondering what to do. So I'm glad you mentioned that one. Um, and I even found in a book, like they have books, but they update them often because they need to be updated on, you know, like what's going on. But I found one, it was like $4 from books a million. It was like a old copy from like 30 years ago. So I bought it. I was like, it's not as timely, but I liked oh, having right. the physical reminder, like with all my Bible study stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But it is, it just expands your mind to things that you're just like, like I was reading about Iran and the things that they struggle with specifically. And it was, I was able to pray so much more specifically for that country. And, um, we actually had some missionaries come to our house for dinner. And if you people listening, if y'all get an opportunity to host somebody in your house, like a missionary for a meal, like if they come to your church and, um, there, there are opportunities normally for people like for the time that they are there to like have them enjoy a meal at your house, they get to share their testimony, but they also just get to like be loved on and cared for. Um, But do not pass that opportunity up. Doesn't matter what your house looks like. Don't pass that opportunity up because it really is. It is humbling to sit with somebody 
who when we were talking, he was basically like, we're not afraid to die. We're not afraid to be persecuted. We understand that that is glorifying to God. And we are, in some ways, he said, they look forward to those opportunities. And I know that's going to sound weird to us, but mm-hmm. hearing him talk about it was so humbling of just like, whoa, my perspective can get so off. You know, like my my thought immediately goes to the yeah. fear and everything like that. And I'm not saying that that's like how everybody feels, but it was very humbling to hear a totally different perspective from, you know, the five moms that were around in a day where we, the the things that we talk about are just very different. So I, I don't know, like, I, I do think that there is so many opportunities when we get to, like you said, be face to face with missionaries. And if, and if we aren't, then we won't know how to pray for them. We won't know how important it is um for you and i'd love for you to talk about this i know i i'm gonna try to not get on a soapbox about it but (laughs) why should (laughs) we be praying for the global church um and missionaries yeah thanks i um would just also add like putting up a map in your house and having discussions candidly with your kids can be a really good tool because oftentimes children will be reminding you like Let's pray oh, for our yes. friends in this country yeah. or whatever. And just like you mentioned, getting to know personally a missionary and where they live can uh, really solidify your commitment to prayer. Or maybe you get to know a certain people group or a certain country that you have interest in. Or maybe like if you're a business person, there's business as missions and you start looking into that. Like, I think there's a focus area that everyone could be passionate about, like, and just finding that and what your heart is committed to can be really powerful and keeping up that commitment for praying for global evangelism. So. Um, okay. So go back to what does that mean? What does that mean? The uh, business, what did you say? Like business, I've seen the, I don't say business yeah, I've seen the acronym BAM, like BAM, Business as Mission. And I know mm-hmm. they have just lots of groups, probably. Um, so, like, my husband and I are in healthcare, but this is not our area. But business as mission is a whole, whole other thing. So, that's applying it in the U.S., but also around the world. And that's... A whole different way you can help people, but you know, giving micro loans and other things like helping impoverished people create businesses and being a mentor to them, things like that. So, just know that there's an area That's for awesome. everyone. Maybe you love jewelry. I'm sure you can find a place that is ministering to others and they create jewelry. You know, I love that. Yeah, no, I think that's great, and I mean. Like that's, that's what we need. We need help expanding our mind on this topic. So I love all that. Um, Okay. So yeah. So why, why should we be praying for the global church? And I know you've already kind of hit on it of just like, yeah, I'll let you go for it. And then I'll I'll share some thoughts too, probably. (laughs) Yeah. Um, First of all, I would say that we really need your prayers. There is so much that goes on behind the scenes that we cannot really explain online or in our newsletters, but sometimes it literally could be just protection for our bodies. And we 
last year did a, a trip to these villages. We're driving in the dark, we're doing four wheel drive and a tree just really ran, rammed into our vehicle and basically peeled the door back, the piece of metal. And it was very creepy. It looked like, like a claw, like something was actually reaching for us. And um, oh, I was pregnant with my son and sitting right there. And thankfully the airbag didn't go off, but I really think that my life and my son's life was preserved because of prayers, you know? And when we reached the village, people were just astonished that we arrived in that state and saying the message they bring must be super important. And um, Mm. just like you mentioned, your other missionary friends is that really dark and intense times we have here are definitely struggles, but there's usually fruit that comes out of that. And so many times we'll go through very intense uh, struggles or suffering, you know, but to see someone baptized in that village afterwards, you just tell yourself like, I could do it a thousand times over, you know, and God was faithful and got Mm -hmm. us through that hard, hard moment. And so I think people joining us in prayer can join in that rejoicing, you know, like rejoice when others rejoice mm-hmm. and mourn when they mourn. So being on a prayer team of a missionary, it's like you're you're buying in to the importance of what they're doing. And so when we can report back, there was baptism. You get to rejoice because you are a super important part of it. Um, whether it's those big things like protecting us as we move around or the small things like our kid is sick or homeschooling has been difficult. It's like a a pure partnership. And I think missionaries will not feel as alone and maybe they won't give up Mm -hmm. as quickly. Yeah. Okay. So that's kind of what I wanted to share about or like that I have thought about a lot of this idea that, um, cause kind of going back to the, the couple that came to our house they mm-hmm. were church planters and they knew a lot yeah. of church planters. And my thought was we need to have prayer partners for all of these, because when you're doing that work alone, you're, and you're not able to have, you know, like the, like in, in Lafayette, I could have a hundred people come pray for me. And I mean, that might be an exaggeration, but you know, like I, if I put the word out, like I could have a just ton of support and, um, that feeling of you're not alone, you you can do this, keep going. But when we send missionaries out into the mission field, it can feel very alone and they can get discouraged and they can go through se- seasons where they're not seeing fruit. So to have people that they know are back home praying and supporting them, I can imagine just getting those emails of support and prayers matters so much on those really hard days. And like you said, like the the spiritual darkness and the heaviness that comes with this is real. And I know I've, our audience has heard me talk about this a lot with just pastors and how um, uh, Tyler's been an elder for about a year and a half or two and a half years, maybe. And he was a youth pastor for a year. And it was almost like a floodgate opened when that happened of just a different kind of spiritual warfare. And so I can imagine um, not if you are not, um, surrounded, if you don't know that you're surrounded by prayer, it can be very hard. Um, so 
I do yeah, think discouragement. That, yeah. Yes. And this is just something that I don't think, I think our worlds are, our life is so busy with our activities and, um, you know, trying to advance our careers or just doing all these things that we don't, this is kind of like bottom of the totem pole stuff in our mind, but it's not, that is not what the Lord says. And if we want to align our lives with the Lord, I think we, um, that we should know how important this is and that this is a priority for us. And, um, I guess I, I just feel like this is something that the Lord is teaching me over time. Cause this is not my instinct. I don't, I'm not one of those people. I know we've had people before who were like, Oh, I like, don't know what to pray for myself. I just pray for like, know what to pray for my friends. And I'm like, Oh, I could write 10 pages of what to pray for myself. Cause I yeah. can get very <laughs> yeah. self-focused, but, um, but this is important. Yeah. And it, and like you said, it's rewarding. Like if we're only praying for ourselves, we're only getting to see what the Lord does in our life. If we are praying for countries and places and different things, then we get to experience, like you said, the joy that comes when um, miracles happen. And I just think that's mm-hmm. something that we are definitely missing out on and something that we don't have to miss out on. Um, so yeah, and, on the uh, other end of that, oh, go ahead. I just wanted to share like this. I guess I also want to make sure that the focus is not on us as the missionary because like you mentioned, the church planner who lives in the village and he's truly given up everything, I want him to be known. I want him to be lifted up because we are going through things, but we still live okay. And the things that they go through, I mean, they've given up everything. Um, sometimes like their house will be burned or different tragedies. And I really their ministry only continues because others are praying for them. And um, just a cool story one time is that, you know, we showed up in a village and it was really just like a vision trip. But the thing that they said to us, we did no work. We offered no medical care or anything like that. But they kept saying, your presence matters. Like the fact that you were here and you showed up meant that it was of much importance and we explain, yeah, we've come from America and many, many people are praying for you. And I really think that softened their hearts and knowing that it really can help the gospel go forward when we lift up this to God. Because I think in America, we forget there are people that literally have never heard the good news of Jesus. And so, you know, when I meet people here, I'm just like, please, a hundred people pray for this woman. Like she does not know of Jesus. And there are so many barriers we have to get through, language and culture and things. And we keep continue trying because like the message is of such importance. So anyway, yeah, it matters. I love yeah, yeah, no, I'm glad you shared that because, um, because yeah, I think that's just something we need to hear. Um, so on the other end, there might be people who are like, okay, I want to pray for this, 
But every time I turn on the news, there's a thousand different things to pray for. And it's overwhelming to think of praying for the world because there's so much wrong. Um, where would you tell somebody to start? Yeah, I, you know, one of my first things that comes to mind is that we do need to filter the news and the information that is coming across our screens and into our minds. I think, of course, lots of people say this, but we weren't designed to see so much tragedy in one day across your screen so quickly. Mm -hmm. So I think it kind of starts there, like being aware of not just filling your mind with all those things. And sure, we are going to know about the sad things in the world, but I think what helps my heart sometimes living here is that knowing like God sees them too. And so it's okay to be sad. You know, in America, we want to be very happy all the time, but it is okay to be sad because God is sad too. And there's some things that are just not right. Um, And he can really handle our emotions about it. We don't have to hide or pull back, but giving him every thought we have about things is okay. Like he will draw near to us. He doesn't pull away. And so I think those are just kind of mindset things. But like we mentioned earlier, like just focus on a specific place or ministry. So even asking God, is there a country I could pray for this next month, maybe this next year? And I'm sure something may come to mind and just decide on that place and maybe seek out once a week, you look up news for that area. And so the things that come up, those are the things you really are petitioning God about. And it doesn't feel like such a tidal wave of tragedies on top of you. Um, And like you said, getting to know a personal uh, missionary or someone that's living around the world can really help focus your prayers too and say, you know, I can't pray for everything and everyone that's having suffering today, but I can pray for this one person, this one thing and call them by name and lift them up before God. Yeah. No, I like that idea. I was typing that out because <laughs> I wanted to remember um, to like, as you pick a country, like to actually check the news once a week for that. And almost like if you could go through like a, a news fast of everything otherwise and just that, I think, you know, we could maybe um, detox from yeah. the overwhelm that we feel with that while not like burying our heads in the sand either. So I like that idea a lot. Um, right. Is there anything I mean, else? Oh, go ahead. Sorry, even on Instagram, they do have, you know, you can type in a certain country in their news, and then you're getting a little bit of information, um, and it's not everything. So it's out there just knowing, like, if your heart's committed to it, you'll find the information. And just even praying the big topics, like the big themes. I don't think we have to always know all the details of what we need to be praying for. But like I mentioned before, like pray for families, you know, pray for mothers who worry over their children in that country. Because if you just stay there on those, those big topics, you, you'll have enough to pray for, you know, and mm-hmm. anything you 
can pray about for yourself or those you love, you can pray that for someone in a different country, in a different culture. So just looking at a broader topic, I think can help and make it feel less overwhelming. Yes, I actually did something similar one day. I I basically took everything that I wrote in my personal list of prayers and I prayed that for other people, just knowing if this is stuff I struggle with, this is going to be stuff other people struggle with too. Like if it was like peace in Christ, I was just praying for the people in the world who struggled with anxiety and um, just, you know, a heaviness of panic attacks or different things that I've struggled with. Mm -hmm. And it's when you pray for things that you personally struggle with for other people, you're able to pray in really specific ways because you understand. So I think that's, um, that is definitely a cool idea. Um, to take forward just like when we think about yeah like you're a mom in another country who were you know like has worries for her kids just like we do like we can we can know how to pray obviously not every little detail of that um the specific challenges and everything's like that but we can pray um knowing how how we feel in those situations too okay so yeah and maybe that's why sorry no you're good no and and if anybody's listening i was gonna say we we're having a delay because we are how what time is it near where you're at is it four o'clock five o'clock yeah yeah we got a seven hour six hour time difference so um i'll go keep going (laughs) go for it Well, I said, maybe that's why sometimes God lets us go through things so we can understand how that would feel. And then we can think about, wow, how would that feel if I did not have a roof over my house and I was going through that as well? You know, like the struggle is real no matter where you live, what your situation is. But the feelings we experience during trials, that applies to anyone. So you think, you know, I'm worrying about my kid eating healthy food. I bet you the mother in India or Africa is also worrying about their kid eating healthy food or even eating at all today. So let me just lift that up. Hmm. Yeah. It's like so simple, but if we can see, um, like le- really let our life trigger our thoughts like that, like how much different would our world be? Not just like, okay, God answering prayers, but even just our personal view of things, our perspective. I just feel like we'd have such a more heavenly perspective if, um, if that's how we approached our day. So I like that too. Okay. So what have been some of the hardest obstacles for you when it comes to prayer? I would say, um, just a simple mom answer of being exhausted and, you know, feeling like I should have my schedule and routines down better. And so, you know, having that wishfulness that I was waking up at 6am, but, you know, realizing I didn't sleep well the night before, and it's been like 500 nights in a row, you know, (laughs) because I do have four kids and, you know, we live here without predictable power and water and neighbors and noise and things. And so 
just working through exhaustion sometimes and realizing that God sees that too. And, you know, I can do the small things, the small prayers to him. And sometimes I'm just, I'm going to get out of that season and have ability to commit to a bigger thing in my prayer life. Um, And also I think, you know, I'm a part of a team here. And so I can see different people. They have more ability to move around and doing certain activities and um, reaching more people. And so, you know, even me, when I'm staying home with the kids, I can feel like I'm not able to do anything. And that can sometimes make me feel like I'm less important on the team. But really this summer, we went back to the U.S. for a furlough, but just really being reminded, you know what, I can really do the thing of prayer. And it was something that wasn't really happening on on my team. And so God was reminding me, like, all this work, all this activity, it's not going to be as fruitful unless there's prayer surrounding it. So really coming back and feeling challenged in that way that I can pray and I can lead others in that way. So even on my team now setting up, you know, a time to get together and um, maybe a certain topic or a certain focus we have, you know, that can be my thing. And it's something I can do at home. Like I don't have to be thinking of all the things I'm not able, but really God was reminding me I'm, I'm able to pray. So that can be powerful too. Uh, yes, I love that so much. And I know um, whenever years ago when Tyler's dad was really sick and he was going to make trips to see his dad, um, they live like 30 minutes away. So um, he'd go see mm-hmm. him during, for lunch breaks. But um, Vanna was maybe six weeks old at the time. And I just remember being wow. frustrated that I couldn't do anything. And I spent so much time walking around the house praying and it really does. It, it is amazing when you realize the power in that. And um, like, cause, cause at first you see it as like a last resort, like, okay, well, if I can't do this, then I'll pray. But to just know, like, no, this is vital. And like you said, for your team, like you've talked about the, the darkness and everything. Like if, if, if you guys go in without him or, you know, like, just honestly, maybe like just too depend or too independent of him, like it's not going to work. Um, so it is one of those things where this is not a last resort. This is not a, I'll do this since I can't do anything else. This is front lines work. So I think, um, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. Yeah. And what are something I've learned? Sorry. Something I learned living here is You know, I watch people of a different faith around me who are super devoted to prayer. And so I look at their challenging situations also, and I think if they can do it, so can I, you know, and I want to have the commitments of prayer that they have. Um, And that, you know, I also have kind of adopted like the way that Other faiths may have a rhythm of prayer like that they commit a whole month to intense prayer. I think it can be really beneficial to us as Christians. And 
I have liked that rhythm here is that during that same month, our team comes together really intentionally. And, you know, we're not saying that we pray like this the whole year, but for this month, we can we can up it. You know, we can challenge ourselves. We can be super committed um, and knowing that it's, you know, a short amount of time, one month, but we're more consistent and we see a lot of fruit from that. Yeah, I love that. And even to just think that like another religion, like traditions of another religion could, you know, inspire us in a way that like we, we, I don't, I don't know how to say like, not like, okay, we're, we're learning from them in a taking something that's of a different faith and like trying to put a Christian twist on it. It's more like if to see somebody praying for 40 days, I think you, did you say 40 days or a month? I forget what you said. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it it's, yeah. I just feel like that is something that we can absolutely do. And, um, it made me think of Easter, like the, the 40 days for Lent. Maybe that's why I was thinking 40 days, but, yeah. um, I definitely think that's, that's cool. Yeah, it's okay. This so different, this this different part of prayer that there are rhythms you can have, and so I was thinking about, you know, what does my prayer rhythm look like? More than my routine, I feel like I can stick to the rhythms, you know. But you know, I try to pray in the mornings. But I've had a accountability partner this year is that we wake up early one morning a week, and so. It's just a committed time in prayer, and I feel like it's doable, and it's kind of intentionality and marking my schedule off, and it's the same way as as trying to pray more intensely for that one month Um, alongside locals here. You know, we mark out our schedule with intentionality, and that rhythm, it feels refreshing. You know, it breaks up. Yeah. The everyday life. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so I know it's getting late there for you guys, and I wanna I wanna ask you one last question, and I'm gonna let you choose which one. I was either gonna ask you um what your biggest answered prayer was or in what ways do you long to keep growing your prayer life. So whichever one you feel led to okay. answer, go for it. I'll say um, looking to grow my prayer life, I feel like I just got out of the baby season. So I kind of did the thing like four babies in eight years. And like I mentioned, exhaustion Mm -hmm. hits hard. And so knowing that I'm getting out of that, I have a little more room to breathe. I've really decided, you know, I want to improve my prayer life. And um, we have some training, some different uh, handouts that have been given to us, but the two topics I've been looking into is like healing prayer and leading people through reflection uh, during a prayer time. So we have started to work with people that have gone through trauma. And so I really am asking God to help me understand that better and be able to help others get healing. Um, and like I mentioned, just learning more about spiritual attacks and spiritual darkness and 
that stuff is just very apparent here and feeling more equipped. So no one likes to go into battle not being equipped. And so living here has really encouraged me to be aware of that other worlds. And I'm really asking God that I can just grow in that area um, and, you know, just be more committed to praying against uh, those things. Yeah, no, I think that's awesome. And what came to mind was, uh, I know Priscilla Shire has like a Bible study on the armor of God that I remember thinking was really encouraging, just like seeing basically like what you're saying, like feeling like you're, you're going in not equipped. Um, that was really encouraging to me. And then she also has a book called fervent where she talks so much about like just the enemy. And like, I just remember I actually listened to it as like, it was like my audio book at night whenever I was nursing Vanna. And I remember like it made getting up in the middle of the night, not so bad. (laughs) Like I actually like looked forward to listening to that, but I just remember feeling like she was so motivating and made you feel so strong. Like we, we are, we have power against the enemy because the Lord is with us. We can't do it on our own, but we have um, have the tools to um, or the God who is going to defeat the enemy. So, um, yeah, yeah, I think those are both both very cool things to be wanting to grow in your prayer life. Yeah, I I love the truth of. Like we have the same Holy Spirit that raised Christ from the dead. And wow, how powerful mm-hmm. is that, you know? And as far as, you know, just being encouraged to pray for other people on the spot, that is another way I, I'm trying to grow. And, you know, not saying I'll be praying for you, but actually just stop right there and pray for them. Um, it can feel like, kind of embarrassing or a little, you know, nerve wracking. But if we have this powerful Holy Spirit, like, why are we holding back? You know, so I am encouraged by that because like we are weak, but he's strong and he's given us the spirit that can move and do a lot of, a lot of wonderful things. Yes. Amen. And, um, Okay. Well, Nicole, this has been so just, I know, refreshing for me and a a good reminder for me to, that there are so many things that we could be praying for besides ourselves. Um, I would love for you to just share where people can find more out, more out about you. Um, if anybody feels led to support your ministry and the work that you and your husband are doing, um, let us know how to get in touch with you. Great. I appreciate that. Um, I would just ask, like, remember Sierra Leone, uh, all the people that are living in West Africa, if anything, I don't want our family to be acknowledged and pushed forward, but the people that are needing Christ in their life. So um, thanks for just all the interest and the concern there. But we do have a Instagram that I post updates about what our family is doing, and that is Moses Family Mission. So if anyone wants to follow us there, I can accept your request. And if there's any more questions about what we're doing or maybe where you get started and being involved in the Global Commission, you can contact Valerie and I can share my email through her. That sounds great. 
Um, well, Nicole, would you close us in prayer? Yes, I will. Thanks. <clears throat> Dear Lord, thank you for this time today and that we know when we come together in prayer that you are here with us and you hear our hearts. And God, we ask that you ignite a passion for prayer in all of us, Lord. We know that sometimes we are weak and we're distracted, but just continue to remind us that you are near, that we can pour out all of our feelings, all of our emotions about things, and you you do not pull away, but you draw near to us, and you care about the things that we care about, Lord. Help us to see you as the rock that you are, the refuge that you can give us in the world that feels chaotic, and please just help us to lift up others that we think about and we know about around the whole world. The world is very big, and let us not forget um, that it's not just the small things that are right in front of us in our town, but that there are a lot of people that need to know you, Lord. So I just pray that you can um, help people know where they should be focused in that area. And God, we trust you. We believe in you. And thank you for sending your son and that you give us your Holy Spirit, that we can commune with you. We can get the counseling we need through your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Kushe, kushe, out of body. This Nico Moses, Mina Physiotherapist in Sierra Leone, West Africa. Let we tell Papa God, thank you. So that means let us tell Papa God, thank you. And it's a very common blessing given around here. It's given by Christians, Muslim, both, but they say, tell Papa God, thank you. Awesome. I love that. Thank you so much for being here, Nicole.